If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Mark Robinson is co-chair of the Waiuku Rural Preservation Society Incorporated at www.fo.nz, www.fo.nz. And uh, we've got Mark here at RCR this morning to talk about the Waiuku community's objection to the wind farm proposition that is 13 to 18 turbines on pristine land in the Maioro Hills west of Waiuku. And Mark is with us now. Morning, Mark. Thanks for coming on RCR. Good morning, Paul. Thank you for having me. Okay, Waiuku. Exactly where is Waiuku again? So Waiuku is a wee town uh, nestled between the Manukau Harbour and the Waikato River near Port Waikato. Okay. All right. So how long has anyone known about this proposed wind farm? Only as recent, recently as August of this year when um, a resident stumbled across it during a um, internet search. Okay, stumbled across it, like randomly almost. Correct, yes. Yeah. Well, that was a lucky break. <laughs> Wasn't it? That was a lucky break. It was indeed. This, and, and that's probably um, a, a classic example of the lack of notification and, and consultation that we've experienced around this project. How can you explain, because we hear this a lot, lack of consultation, lack of awareness, no one really saying anything. Like uh, they think if there's any public engagement, um, the, the, there'll be too many problems doing what they want, regardless of what locals, residents, ratepayers, whoever want. Why do you think well, it's kind of secretive? Well, I, I think it's it's systemic of, of, of our previous government's regime. Um, and with that, again, on, getting on the political bandwagon, this was all run through under the cloak of darkness around the COVID-19 recovery package. Oh. And 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 arguably whether this is going to help us recover from from COVID nineteen is is, is a, a mute question. But that's probably where it started. This particular application was lodged two to three days before the end of the act's um, um, ability to to have any. Also, oh, was it done in a hurry to get um, in before a deadline? Do you think? Absolutely, sir. Oh, okay. Yeah. How could this? How could building? 13 or 18 turbines have anything to do with recovering from COVID? Uh, I'm unsure um, because COVID's well, well and truly passed, but the legislation still ran through to allow this type of project to, to sneak through for whatever reason. Yeah, but it's got nothing. I mean, it's not as if we were lacking um, electrical generation before COVID. No, we're not. And, and I think part of that is, is the government's drive from 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 our eyes to get everyone to drive um, electric vehicles, uh, therefore require greater infrastructure and power uh, generation to cope with such demand. But also locally, there is a drive uh, by the government to have the Glenbrook steel mill go to um, electric furnaces rather than coal-fired furnaces by 2030. Okay, so this is what um, generation possibly for them, though, um, you know, that's only when the wind's blowing, I take it. 
That's correct, and, and and that's a very good point, Paul. The the turbines generally only operate around thirty percent efficiency over the course of a year. So, um, you know, while they claim they have so many so many megawatts output from a from a wind farm or whatever, um, that's at an optimal um, uh, output, which never really seems to occur. Yeah, so um, we'll get on to the the whys and the wherefores in just a moment, but that um, you know, getting it in just before the deadline. Um, that's kind of taking advantage in a, what do we call it? Again, a sneaky way to access money for something that otherwise probably wouldn't have had money available. So they're kind of (laughs) using it as a slush fund for these, well, ideologically driven projects. Yes, look, arguably the people that are promoting this particular wind farm and, and proposing it are not actually an energy company. They're a private um, consortium, um, the venture capital partners putting together a bunch of private funds to build this. So it's not even as if it's being managed or run by a a, a publicly listed company that's uh, involved in the energy production, therefore has some scruples and uh, and some guidelines. Okay, that's interesting. So, um, and that business model for them wouldn't work unless the government made you have to take the power or, or, or made you have to, to do this. Yes, correct. Oh, we live in a free world, don't we? A free country. Okay, Absolutely. so no- normally it would be, what, a resource consent process and it would be handled that way, would it? Yes, correct. It would go through the standard resource consent process with notifiable um, um requirements to to uh landowners residents uh anyone affected by it in a wider community uh and the challenge with going under the 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 the, the what sorry that the bonus but going under the existing rma is that there's a lot of checks and balances in it to get everyone to have their say and 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 be quite an open uh and and, and robust discussion around around these these types of projects with the fast track legislation with COVID nineteen recovery, uh, that's been limited to uh, only allowing affected landowners, i.e., people who who actually have neighbouring properties to the boundaries of this site, to have any in- input, any consultation whatsoever. No one outside of that is actually welcome or allowed to have a formal contribution. So it's a complete disregarding of of what anyone except a very narrow slice thinks. Just, Correct. Just, just disregard it. Not worthy. <laughs> not worthy. No no, 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 no inclusion. Um, nothing like that, no. That shows a complete, what's the word, disrespect, disrespect or any democratic process. What's going on? Yes, well, and and this is where we we circle back to to the previous government and and they're driving this type of mentality to divide and conquer, um, and this is just a uh, I guess an adjunct to that. Boy, we're starting to see it for what it is now, aren't we? Certainly are. Okay, so what can you what can you do about this now? So we're formed an incorporated society as you uh, as you introduced us um, as being the. Um, Waiuku Rural Preservation Society Incorporated. Um, that gives us some some legs to to go out and fundraise to speak on behalf of the community and have a um, have a bit of a voice. Um, we've got a website up and running. Uh, we've got Facebook, of course, running um, social media and such forth. And we've had a couple of public meetings as well around this particular um, debacle. What are people saying at the meetings? Oh, look, they're they're full of questions, Paul. Um, the the biggest challenge we've got is that. 
this um, while it's been fast tracked and, and and all that process has gone on as we've discussed, the the actual developers have not come to us with very many concrete plans at all. In actual fact, the number of turbines changes with the wind, pardon the pun, um, and that we um, we now have, we still have very few uh, or little information on what's going on, how will, how will it be constructed, the timeframes, um, the, the transmission routes for the power lines, what corridors they'll use to get those, will it be through easements across private property or will they be going up um, road corridors, um, has been all very, very vague. So in terms of, of um, answers to people's questions at the meetings, there's really not, not a lot of information available. So they don't know. So they've gone into this um, expecting just a, a tick, an easy tick in the box under this other criteria without even having any concrete plans, really. Yeah, correct. And they, the the um, company who's who's backing this, the, the private company putting this together, uh, had a series of open of information days at the, the local hall in Otah. Um, now that was over Saturday and Sunday over a four week period for around four or five hours a day. Um, there was just very, very vague information. Most of it was actually just generic information from the wind farm society. Um, and then a little of of his stuff. We actually had a, a public gathering there on the last day of, of this, of one of his information sessions. Uh, timed for one o'clock, and his session was timed to run till three o'clock. And so we figured we'd get there and have a, have a chat to him, get people have a walk through, invited people to come down from the community and and actually engage in his in his display. Um, he inexplicably uh, folded up his display and, and walked out at one o'clock as we gathered and didn't even give people so obvious. Up. Yeah, it's absolutely. So, it's so obvious. Oh crikey, it's embarrassing. So, so you you say ticking the boxes exactly all they're doing. So is there anything that has to happen officially? Is the um, Environmental Protection Agency involved in this? Yes, they are. We, um, we've we been going through the process of making submissions for that and helping the landowners and affected landowners make um, their submissions through the EPA. It's a little bit of a stone wall in some respects. With Why? Oh, because, the again, it's only to the selected few that can make these these, these submissions. Uh, and then the panel is made up of a um, of a judge, a, an EPA representative, and representative from Iwi. So there's only three people on the panel to actually make the final call on this project. Iwi, Iwi as well. Yes. So what do they know about wind farms? Well, not so much the wind farm aspect. It's more about the cultural uh, issues they have. Like what? Um, uh, sites of significance through these parts of the hills with um, with numerous par. Um, ancient settlements, uh, middens, um, a, okay. a bunch of other um, Urupar as well, uh, and, and they're quite concerned about the level of impact for this, as well as the the uh, ecological and. Uh, so they're on your side, essentially. Yes, that, that 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 is the feeling. Yes. Okay. All right. What about property values? What happens to them? Oh, okay. So that's a very good question, sir. We've had uh, instances of uh, open homes um, who've been well publicised for um, via the internet channels, uh, and a house being going to auction where no one turned up to the auction, and and that's yeah. j- just in the in the locality of this proposed wind farm. Is that because there's awareness that this development could happen, and we don't Correct. want to be next to these big things? 
Correct. Uh, we've had another property whose who's, um, people have just about to sign the line and they've pulled out of, of the sale. Um, the, the new owners decided to, to pull the pin on it after uh, disclosure, well, after their own research, in fact, not so much disclosure by the um, by the agent either. So there's a, there's a lot of pitfalls going on around the place in terms of this, and property values will decline. Absolutely. I'm picking that it's not too far away from the airport, which means usually in, in the vicinity of, of air traffic, the, they'll have blinking red lights on them, will they? Yes, they will. There'll be numerous red red lights on each one because these these the tips of these of these turbines will will top out at 190 meters above the ground. So, given that they're all, already going to be somewhere in 150 180 meters above the sea anyway, these things will be exceptionally high from sea level. Yeah, that's about 300 feet or just over, isn't it? That's it's a it's a long way. It's it's a, yeah. the height of these tips from from the base would be. Essentially, the height of the revolving restaurant on the Sky Tower. Oh, okay, gee, all right. Times I wonder that they got the lights on them there, <laughs> and and then plus the height of the hills. So they've got heights. They've got lights on. There'd be a lot of uh, uh, incidents for air traffic to have to avoid at such a height. And this is the flight path to Auckland Airport, as you point out. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially coming from south. Yeah. Okay. And has anyone thought about uh, the the wildlife in general? I know um, you know there, much has been said about wind turbines taking out sort of thousands of birds who fly into them? Yes, there has been. And we've um, undertaken some surveys locally with um, in conjunction with Bird New Zealand, as well as uh, as DOC. And there are the um, the peckerpecker, the long-tailed bat that just had some significance in, in the media lately uh, right. in terms of its endangerment. So they've uh, got well-established uh, populations around here. Uh, as well as uh, migratory seabirds, um, so of which Birds NZ have identified uh, some 40, 42 species of seabirds, um, 21 of which are, are, criti- are either endangered or, or, or critically endangered um, in amongst that area that they'll fly past on a migratory basis. Yeah, so they don't care about the wildlife. They don't care about the property values. They don't care about good... Um detailed planning before they sort of put the money, hand out for the money, they access a slush fund rather than going through the regular um, processes of the um, Resource Management Act, yet the very same people are happy to go and bombard forests with 1080. (laughs) I mean, none of this bloody makes sense, does it? No, it doesn't. And you've got to to ask, and it's a, it's a difficult question to answer, as to what's the end game here. Yeah, what uh, is why? the end game? It, yeah. This is a money, a follow the money thing, isn't it? Absolutely it is. And, and because the company uh, involved with this is, is a private venture company set up as a partnership, it's it's impossible to, to check back through the records to see where that partnership leads to because it becomes a, a dead end at that point. Could we assume than... that there's some crossover revolving door relationships between, well, let's say ex-members of the um, establishment, maybe current members, and this um, partnership that's come together to take, uh, I guess, a bit of low-hanging fruit here if if the government were going to make people take it? Yes, correct, and that's uh, that's been fairly obvious through discussions and comments that we've we've come across from the previous government. So we need to know, do we, uh, if this carries on, who these people are and what their historic and current relationships are with 
the decision makers and the official bodies, do we? Yes, absolutely. Because one thing this thing's laid, uh, lacked from the start is transparency, and right. and as a as a core fundamental pillar of our democratic society, transparency is something that we all should just take for granted. And then there's, of course, the disruption of any construction because that'll take ages, won't it? Look, it will. It'll, it'll again. It's scant information, but when you're talking of eighteen turbines, uh, each requiring. 150 in round figures truckloads of concrete because their preferred method is to use remote batching plants from the local right. um, yep. centres. So they'll drive it all in. Yeah, We'll drive it all in and then trucks back out again. So that's a, that's a double trip for a that's truck. That's all diesel, though. It, absolutely, it's all diesel. There, there's, 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 there's carbon in the concrete. There's carbon in, you know used to make the steel. The whole thing just knocks on. All right. Um, is there anything we've missed? And what's the next significant thing that – happens in this process. Yeah, sure. Look, thank you. There, but probably another thing we've missed um just to, to cover quickly is when these blades degrade and there are um the carbon fiber and the fiberglass starts to break down, BPA is is released. And we all know what, what that's done to the plastics industry for food storage. Um right. and that will fall across pastures. There's active dairy farms, productive dairy farms through this and and surrounding it. Um, this has a potential to leach into not only the food chain, but also water sources, water courses, having a wider impact as well. So next next uh, steps here are we've invited, because of the, the, the we've had two public meetings, at this stage the, the, the individuals concerned have, have declined or been busy uh, to attend those meetings, so we've issued a, a third invitation for another public meeting, which is coming up. Well, that, uh, that's probably no surprise, right, because they won't want to be in a position to have to explain this awkward stuff. No, probably not, but we're giving him the best chance to have it yeah. to have a go at it in, in the in terms of consultation and, and transparency, which is what we're all about. Yeah. Okay. All right. And what do you think the likelihood is of uh, of putting the kibosh on this, do you think? Now now that there's been a change of government and I think people realize that the game has changed now, potentially. Yes, look, um, you're dead right, and the game has changed. There's been a change of government. People's thinking is becoming um, a little bit less reactive and and, and more thought-provoking. Uh, well, I think people are feeling more confident to say what they really think. Yes, without being crucified, indeed. Yeah, exactly, without having their head shot off, you know. Yes, yes. So we, we, anyway. we'd like to think we have some say at, at, at mitigating uh, this this wind farm, uh, if not eliminating it. Um, we, we're talking brave, we, you know, but there's only a small – team of us doing this on a shoestring budget we're all as you know um voluntary people in, in these these types yep. of organizations with with limited capital so we're doing the very best we can and we're fighting it from all different angles and who's the local mp local mp is a is a chap called uh, andrew bailey oh okay he's the one who's it's in port waikato so he's That's just correct yes taking yes, that out it's been a landslide andrew's uh given us a little bit of advice on on, on how to run this um yeah but what does he think get started I, I think his 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 gut his gut feeling um, is that it's it's possibly going to be a hard one to knock over. Um, he, he's given us, as I say, some advice on it. Casey Costello is that because his boss is 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 wedded to the um, twenty fifty agenda. Agenda, indeed, yes, yes. Um, so he doesn't want Casey, to criticise Chrissy Luxon, right? Yeah, well, no, that's right. Uh, and th- th- look what's happened been, to previous MPs who's done that. He's he's made them having to make make a fool out of themselves. So. Correct, and there's a definite tie-up in there. Um, the other member that's given us support has been Casey Costello. Well, uh, she, I'm not surprised to hear about that. W- yeah, w- which is lovely too. 
So we, um, you know, we, we've got the um, situation of having two um, uh, members of parliament uh, in our in our um, in our midst, and, and hopefully we can leverage them to um, to get us some action. Okay, well, we're talking about it, and it seems that if we talk about it, it does get in some places. So. Uh, every little bit helps. Mark Robinson, co-chair of the Waiuku Rural Preservation Society, objecting to the Waiuku Wind Farm proposition. Thanks for coming on RCR and informing us about the whole thing. Yeah, thank you for your time. I really appreciate the voice. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Loving what you're hearing? Well, the establishment hates it. And right now they're conjuring up new ways to try and censor RCR. To ensure you never miss a beat of the hard-hitting news you've come to know and love, make sure you're on the RCR mailing list. Get connected now at realitycheck.radio forward slash email.